Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, they say behind every peanut butter jelly uncrustable, uh, complex carbs come with simple barbs from Nicki Minaj fans. Get it? Barbie. I'm not a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, but if your husband's a sex offender, you can't travel. Um, <laughs> and then you throw parties at her house. Now, that's called empowerment. Um, <laughs> hey, man, you know what? No pun intended. His last name is Petty. But bringing strippers to the crib? <laughs> now, that's a magic city. <laughs> I mean, that's a bold move, like, but you know what, honestly, if I was a sex offender, oh, look at me, <laughs> I should never put that, in. Someone's, gonna, someone's gonna clip it, like, I'm on Epstein's list, you know what, no, I'm not, um, if I was, though, you know, actually, there is a video out there of a guy that crashed Epstein's island, well, not crashed, um, but he, there's security on his island, I don't know why there's security on an island that someone is dead, it's almost like they're trying to protect something. Um, but they see like they boarded where they used to do Santanic rituals. <laughs> Apparently that's not what it's supposed to be, but I don't know. But um, yeah, this guy literally like snuck into the island with his little GoPro and like legitimately caught everything on camera and all that. I forgot why I was talking about it. But yeah, no, if I was Epstein, right? Um, <laughs> I wish, you know, there was like, they keep on saying this list is going to be revealed. Um, and yet, they're like, oh, the beginning of the year, everything's going to be revealed. The only thing that's been revealed, they haven't revealed any names of any damning evidence. It's just been like, oh, Bill Clinton once went into what was it, Variety Magazine or The Esquire, and said, if you write another piece about Prince James Andrews, or whatever his name is, about how he likes to sleep with a young woman, um, <laughs> um, he didn't, you know, he didn't go there and stop writing pieces about him and Monica. He's like, you can write whatever about me and Monica, but don't you dare write about Prince James Andrews. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jesus. But apparently, yeah. These things are never going to be revealed. That's why Cat Williams has got to do it. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, this list is... And whatever they do release, by the way, it's just going to be... uh, It's literally just going to be people they want to be eviscerated. They're going to pick and choose who they want to be revealed. They're never going to reveal everything. People keep on 2024 is going to be the year of truth being revealed. Everyone that's been protected, that shouldn't be protected, they're being exposed. You know what? It feels like that thing happens like every year. This is the year we hold people accountable. And it seems like every year becomes less and less about that, you know? Uh... Like, I feel like after all of this, Diddy is not going to go to jail. I don't think anyone's going to jail for any of their stuff. I mean, there's too, there's damning evidence all around. Nothing's going to happen. Like, and it's not being pessimist. It's just, oh, if we put enough media coverage out there, it'll make that makes people more happy than just like, hey, throwing this person in jail. There's got to be this whole backstory, this media thing going on because apparently that has more impact than actually just like hey can we just arrest this guy with all this evidence put him through trial with the same evidence and put him in jail because it seems like they either don't have it or they don't feel like that route's gonna actually work so but yeah uh moral of the story is i guess try not to be like epstein try not to have a tell-all expose on you. And it's weird how someone, Giselle Maxwell, is it Giselle? Gazelle? Um, she looks like a gazelle. Um, <laughs> um, 
She only gets 20, like, how do you only get 20 years in prison on this high-profile case to the magnitude it was for years? Only go to, only be sentenced to 20 years in prison for literally trafficking kids. Like, that kind of tells you, there's something weird about this system. And 20 years is not a short amount of time. But the amount, the level it was, like, you know. I don't know, but hey, what are you going to do? But yeah, that was episode, that was episode, this is, the episode's already over, might as well be. Um, <laughs> welcome to episode 249 of the Off and Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. Jesus, I am doing a shitload. The boy is carrying the load on his shoulders, which is why my traps will trap my physique in the frame. You can see my nipples if you would like. But yeah, welcome to episode 249, the Off of Me podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some teas. Yeah. If I ever do a live show, it's just going to be nothing but like a Nickelback concert in 2005. Just nothing but ladies on guys' shoulders showing their titties. Hey, that's how these live shows work, all right? <laughs> hey, if I, yeah, you know what? If I'm bringing 30K home at night doing the live shows, you'd be like, show the titties. Just don't, just no one come backstage after. <laughs> It'd just be from a distance and be like, yeah, you know, some people sign babies' foreheads, some people sign ladies' breasts, and I don't even know what I would sign. I don't know. Make posters of me, you know. Be like, hey, look at this guy. Um, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I can never see myself going to a concert or an event and carrying someone on my shoulders for them to flash their titties if it's my girl even if it's not my girl like you know bring a step stool or something if, you know or get taller bitch you know be like that you know do what the guy had to do to just feel like he had a chance in society the guy was like five foot five he legitimately like did the surgery where he broke his legs so they could repair and do some surgery to lengthen the bones. And the dude like looks like he's walking like a pirate for years. Just so he can be a normal height. Because that's the pressure a guy felt. Of just being like too short for the ladies, right? And you won't even do that. To, you know, have your favorite artist or me see your titties. Like, you know what? If you're not willing to go through that for me. I don't want you there, you know. I'm not. I don't want to see, I, especially guys. Like, don't be out here showing your titties to me. Like, uh, don't forget to. I can see myself doing a live show when I get to that part, and then the guys like, don't forget to suck some titties. I just realized, like, I started that whole thing as a tagline, as a partial joke, and then now. I'm going to realize like five years from now, the whole I got myself in, I'm like, God, I'm like that. I'm going to be like that comedian that has like that one joke, the hot pocket joke that you might be a redneck. It's like, bro, like, I don't want to keep doing this shit. And now I realize like, hey, you know what? You guys are the ones paying, you know? I, I say it for three seconds, go about my day. And, you know, as long as you live by it, you know. Now, if I ever were to stop sucking titties, that's where I'd be like, guys, I'm just, it's just, I'm not genuine anymore. I'm not genuine, <laughs> but I'll ride the pony, <laughs> regardless of the differences. Because <laughs> uh, now that I'm growing like a tank, just give me that green light. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, yeah, this is episode 249. <laughs> uh, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification. Most important, ladies and gentlemen. Damn, I already did that part. See? <laughs> you know, don't forget to suck some titties. All right. I recorded this on January 6th. Don't storm this capital. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's a three-year anniversary or two-year anniversary of that. 
the most like useless protests or the useless fork in the road that whatever. I go, oh, let me pee on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Look what I did. It's like, you know, she's still uh still in stock advice. I don't think she cares that you peed on her congressional papers. Um or well, you could be like that guy that fucked another guy and then recorded it doing it in the Senate housing. I did not watch the video. I'm only aware of the topic because apparently channels I watch talk about how could this happen in a con like in the actual place where bills are passed imagine like you know they have like the seats the assigned seats with your name imagine if you have the seat where some guy got tight roped like (laughs) like and how come there's like no legal actions for that there's no legal actions for like someone posting that in that building like, that's, that's got to be a federal crime. Like, if sex in public, if public sex is indecent exposure or all that stuff. You can literally be registered as a sex offender, by the way. Both of you involved. If some, if you were doing something outside in the parameters of public space and a 12-year-old walks by and sees it, you could literally be on the registry your whole life. But these people, <laughs> where literally those same bills and laws are passed and held accountable, some guy could get anal whopped and forget the cheese. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to know what it sounded like. I felt like it sounded really dry. Um, <laughs> uh, no pain, no gain, right? Um, and then these lawmakers were like, oh, we need more days off. It's like, you have so many days off, some guy was able to sneak his asshole in there to get fucked. You have a lot of days off. I'm not too worried about your, oh, we need more days off. That's why when they're like, oh, we as a government, you know, they have those things where the government's going to shut down until they come to an agreement. It's like, okay, so you're going to stop how you get paid and think that's going to like affect us, like the whole world's going to shut down. They, these starts of government shutdown. It's like, all right. It doesn't really feel like it's working that much anyways. But all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Recording this on January 6th, 2024. For the archives. Just in case people want to put me into a room one day and be like, Clint, we have to have a two-hour sit-down of why you should keep your job. Um, <laughs> and you're like... That's a good question. Um, and they just highlight all of this. So we went back to 2022. Do you believe in this belief about something that has nothing to do with anything? And you're just like, if I said it at a point in time, I probably did. Doesn't necessarily I believe it in the whole heartily way I do now. It just means at that time, that's what I felt. I may have been inebriated when I said it, depending on the time of year. Um, I may have been tired as fuck. That inebriates the way you think. So you can't hold me accountable. You can't control my state of mind. Um. Oh yeah, but today's drink is Ghost. Shocker. Sour green apple. By the way, recording this in 2.54 p.m. Eastern now. Uh, the only reason why I always specify these dates... Is actually for legal reasons. So trust me. It's very important that I mention this stuff. So yeah. Any Jizaboo. Um, I feel like I need to start carrying a stress ball around. You know. But I don't think stress balls should actually be for you. It should be whoever or whatever stressing you out. You have the ball in your hand. Why am I squeezing it? You're the one causing this unnecessary stress on me. And then you just throw it at their fucking face. And be like, ah, now you feel angry, huh? Now we can both squeeze these balls. Um, <laughs> and that's probably how the Congress situation happened. Um, <laughs> I would say the ball's in your court, but the Lakers are 2-9 and nine in the last 11 games. 
maybe LeBron is distracted by Bronny. Like, man, you know, he's getting better. It's like, yeah. But what about the Lakers? He's like, man, you know, we suck. Um, <laughs> we're really relying on fucking Austin Reeves to be here trying to be like the modern day Tyreek Evans. Um, see, I still watch the NBA a little bit. Do I lose money on it? That's subjective. Um, but you know what they say. When the skies dampen your heart, it's because your heart was burned alive when the sun got too close to the orbit. And it's a good clean feeling, no matter what. Um, (laughs) uh, but... I don't know. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of quote unquote negativity. People always say that that's the thing about criticism. And that's the thing about when people actually tell the truth. People say, Oh, it's just a bunch of negativity. It's like negativity, the truth isn't always positive. And that's this weird world we gotta live in. I already talked about Cat but Cat Williams, I think, is the epitome of that. Uh he's not saying no one has come out and said he's lying about anything. If they focus on anything that they don't like, they're like, see, we just don't need this type of energy negative. He's like, it's like he said, we got to have checks and balances in this world for the world to operate the way it needs to. So do, so we don't have liars uh, dictating a narrative. And I hate the word narrative. People, anytime I hear the word, people are spreading this narrative. It's like, no, you have a body of work that typically would epitomize what people are accusing you or what people say about you. If you have a lot of people that say the same thing about you, there's a reason. They're not all lies because that's what P. Diddy got away for a long time. These things weren't just this thing that happened a year and a half ago where stuff started. People been saying weird thing about Diddy. All these people would make illusions, but no one, people just laugh it off and joke like whatever. And now... When the evidence is damning, it's like, man, we ignored a lot of shit for a long time. People have said the same thing about all these things Williams are talking about. But no one wants to listen, right? And look, we can't take one man for the amount of information you get. We can't, that, that's still one person's perspective. At the same time, no one has come out and lied about. No one has said he has lied completely. And... I think when you get to a point where you can't, there's no reason, like, and people are like, oh, he's bitter, he's not getting lead roles, it's like, I don't, he doesn't really need to, for one, uh, and I think a lot of people, people want to just keep the status quo, because it's beneficial to them, it's the path to least resistance, and I think that's really uh, resistance can cause a lot of discomfort from truths coming out about people. Um, how much is people's private business compared to when it starts affecting other people? It's not really your private business anymore, right? You know, and that's why, weirdly enough, I defended TD Jakes from getting too deep in the Jake pool. Um, <laughs> is that I don't know what the whole point of the T.D. Jake stuff being exposed is funny to make fun of and stuff, you know. But his involvement with P. Diddy kind of makes it like, hmm, who else? You know, blah, blah, blah. That's where that stuff kind of gets, all right. But the act of what he does in his personal life is his personal life. But the stuff that Cal Williams is speaking about, it's the deeper underlying issue of what we are comfortable with. And, uh... I hate to use the term general society, but kind of what we have kind of gravitated to just accepting and being okay with. Uh, and by the way, I didn't know Cat Williams used to, his name used to be Cat in the Hat. And then he got sued by, you know, whoever owns Cat in the Hat. Like, hey, you can't be Cat in the Hat. I don't know why he thought, like, I'll just change some letters around. They won't come after me. Um, (laughs) But I think what's genuine about the way Cat Williams is doing it is he's not trying to do everything in a joking way. He's just naturally funny. And he'll throw some jokes in there. 
and wild and the real shit that he's talking about, where a lot of these quote unquote uh, comedians will they hide behind the fact that they use comedy as an avenue to just say shit, say dumb shit, but not stand by it, and they use buzzword terms to say, oh. Comedy is the last line of defense for free speech, and they try to overblown the importance of comedy and all this stuff. And, you know, look, it has its place. It's very important. But also, comedy has become this thing where it's kind of used as an avenue for people to kind of just get some shit off, but it's not even genuine. It's not even well put together. It could be lazy. And... That's the thing about, I think that's why the joke stealing stuff is very serious is because the amount of time someone put into it and then some asswipe wants to come by and just change some words around and basically rips it and then profits off some, but they didn't credit you for it. That's where that shit is like, oh, but comedy is not saving the world, but it makes the world a lot easier to live in. Absolutely. You know, a humorous personality just in everyday life makes really bad moments and really bad days a little less bad, right? Um, The fact that we had these expectations of people in these positions of power, like you said about Kanye, right? It's like, we let a man call himself a Yeezus. And we wonder why people think and have these crazy Messiah feels about themselves. Like why people, like why Kanye feels like he's the center of the world. It's like, this man started with all these preconceived notions that we love about him. But then when the things that come with it, we find it uncomfortable or it's over the top and we use mental health and all this stuff. It's like, we know this man, but yet we hold this man to a standard like he doesn't have mental health. And I'm like, oh. We let a man call himself Jesus. We pray. We call people who do musicians. We call artists. We call them geniuses, which is some, like, you know, it's like, you ever listen to an annoying interview of an actor when they talk about working with people? And they just say the same shit. Oh, they're just geniuses. They were amazing and all this stuff. Like 99.9%. It's all the same shit. It's like, are they really amazing? Because I watched the shit. There's nothing amazing. What happened? But, you know, uh, there's a lot of... Sometimes pessimism overlaps with optimism. And people will just make it something it's not. But I don't know. Let me dehumidify that whole rambling rant to boo. And uh, let's go to the day's sponsor, Timu. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know a whole lot about Timu. Uh, I do know, no matter where I am, their advertisements are just flooding my uh, internet. Um <laughs> I really do. Here's what I think. I really do think these internet providers have these deals with these big, the Amazons, the Timus now. <clears throat> and they have these deals where it's just like, I don't care what site they're on. Whether you're on ESPN.com or MSN, whether you're on the homepage, whether you just got home. All you just see is Timu. All you see is these basic ass general what can anyone fucking buy. And it's always just like some stuff that's like, why the fuck do I need a generate like a power charger for anything? Like I literally got an advertisement. Not for like an actual power tool, a drill. But specifically, you can buy such specific parts. Literally, the charging battery for a specific brand tool you could just buy. It was like 98% off. And I'm just like, I don't even have the product for that. I, I would have nothing to charge. But it's like, hey, 
It's like having a phone without a charger. It's like, yeah. But you still have a phone. What's the point of buying a charger with the expectation that you get something? When you still have to buy the thing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. I didn't realize how rich Google was. Um, <laughs> uh, why don't everyone just buy invest in Google? Like, I don't understand. Look, here's my ignorance on stock market. I understand because since it's such a profitable, or not even profitable, but since it's so much money already in it, if you were to have, you would have to spend a shitload more per stock just to get in the field or get in the stock market and the return would have to exponentiate that because there's so many of them right so you don't get as much of the pie but there's so much pie you know that's like saying like oh you only get 10 percent you're only going to get one percent of this 18 pound key lime pie tonight it's like that's a lot of fucking key lime pie though but oh but you gotta find that small company where it's like a 12 Let's just say a 16-ounce pumpkin pie, right? But you get 20% of that pumpkin pie. It's like you're getting a nice chunk of a picture, but that picture's still not big. But if you have that piece and, you know, it overinflates, you put it back in the oven, it overbakes, you put some Crisco, um, then yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pumpkin pie, as Lil Wayne would say. Well, he says a word in the line I can't say, but he's sweet as pumpkin pie, which I don't know. I don't know if you guys know, pumpkin's actually not sweet at all until you start adding the artificial sugars and shit. But I will pump the brakes for my kin, folks. All right, this is a rough one. But you know what else is rough? Imagine being on a surfboard and a tsunami wave comes at you. You're just looking up at it and you're like, well, uh, this is the definition of riding the wave of life. And when life takes you down in a riptide, I guess you just stay under the sea. Um <laughs> By the way, I'm sure Little Mermaids are actually ugly as fuck. Um, I don't think mermaids would have red hair. It just makes no sense. Because I believe in the mythology of mermaids. That they're actually darker hair, typically. Uh, Because of the way how water works, your hair, darker hair typically adapts underwater better than lighter hair. So I don't get the whole Little Mermaid thing where they just make someone have red hair. I'm sure, you know, Ariel sounds like a redhead, you know. You can't have a, you know, uh, I don't know, Portuguese, you know, redhead. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be right, you know. Um, but maybe it's not about the hair, you know. Depends who the hair apparent is. <laughs> uh, but Atlantis. Uh, you know, I feel like when I get like an old man, I'm going to look like one of two people. I'm going to look like a jacked King Triton. Or I'm going to be like one of those overweight dudes. Like those... 320 pound dudes that eat at the Vegas buffet all the time with some now I have bad eyesight because you know I don't eat enough protein intake so it affects my synthesis of my vision and I just completely become hoarding because I have a shitload of money and I just say fuck it you know I don't need to take care of myself um I do feel like there is a fence you have to choose if you're going if you're going to live the type of life where every minute is about how much money you make then I do think 
everything else goes by the wayside. Money is this very addictive, is probably the most dangerous drug we have out there. We we technically don't have unlimited money out there, but the way they make you they make us train ourselves that we have way more money at our disposal than we really have, a la credit. Credit is really designed to enhance people's spending habits. So it keeps the market going, increases inflation. It increases what people, and the more people get themselves in debt, the more we can raise prices and control how people operate. It's all about just controlling people's behaviors. That's how you create more spending. That's how you create a bigger economy. Um, that's where these terms lifestyle, like... I don't like lifestyle. What the fuck does that even mean? My lifestyle. Uh, like, you don't have a life or style. Like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> uh, but, hey. If you lift your legs up, you can find where the poop drains. And realize that, damn. Sewer technicians make 85k a year starting out. But if you tell them that, they'll say, uh, I want someone with ambition. <laughs> you're like, all right, well, your ambition has gone down the drain. Um, <laughs> and guess who you're going to ask to plunge it out? This fucking guy. Um, yeah. Where's my chicken and waffles? Um, <laughs> Oh, oh, that's right. You put too much baking soda, so I shit it out after like twenty minutes after eating it. Um, but anyways, yeah. Oh God. Always, you know. I hate that. I always have to be that guy that has to bring that kind of points out. The obvious that everyone else sees. Like I do believe I am that guy. Whether it's a. Work environment. Whether it's. Just out and about with friends. And I think that kind of makes it where people don't want to hang out with you as often. Because you always like kind of bring realism. It's like really. You consider all of us sitting here. Being on our phones. While we're all just like. Drinking. But not really talking. Everyone's looking down their phones. You know, because one time, you know, it was a couple years ago. I went out with a group of guys, right? Some friends, well, really one friend. The rest were their friends. And after that day, it made me realize, man, I really don't like being with a lot of people that just stare at their phone. It was one of the most boring, awkward experiences ever. Because, like, when you're not really friends with people, but you're acquaintances, but you assume when they're connected to one person... You know, you'll find some similar things to talk about. All these dudes did was just scroll on the IG and go through their Snapchat of girls that have never said good morning to them one time. But they said good morning to them. Um, by the way, guys, with the good morning face, with the good morning Snapchat face in bed thinking of you, gotta tell you, she was not. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Maybe she was. She was thinking like, man, I'm really thinking of why the fuck do I have you in my phone? Um, but no, it's all in these group experiences. And it's only been confirmed just by like what I see on the YouTube. These group experiences are literally all just about. So everyone else that wasn't in that group knows that you had an experience together, but you didn't really have an experience. You just went out to a place that provides experience just so you can have that experience. And now when people ask you, how was the experience? You're like, oh, let me show you instead of actually being able to describe it. So it doesn't really seem like a great experience. I know. Sorry. I'm putting you in a real vortex of an experience. Um, <laughs> it's like what she says, I prefer a guy with more experience. And you're like, well, um, 
Still have that hemorrhoid cream going for you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it was, went to like one of those, uh, a lounge type of feeling, but it was like a restaurant attached lounge. It was a cool place. Nice food. Um, you know, we all had a little drink, a little drink. Um, that sounded sus. We all had a little pour, nice pour as a dude. It was way overpriced for the pour, by the way, but it's cool, you know? And I was like, this is not, you know, this stuff is not enjoyable anymore. Like, it's not about actually connecting with people, feeling alive, you know, really taking advantage of what God put six, seven billion people down on this earth. You have the six people right here, but you're worried about what? A couple hundred million other people potentially may see of your video or your picture. And then I think that's the thing that turns me off from going out. It turns me off from having more experiences, whatever people want to call it. Is that because even if you go, even if you and the person you go with is for a genuine experience, just being around that aura, that those type of people. Being around people that are just like glued and not connected with reality, not connected with the with what you're doing, and you feel it, you see it, it makes you just say, this is just, I just don't want to be around these people. And you want to control the variables of your environment. Yes, I'm a very observant person, regardless of what some people that, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm going to shut up. Um, <laughs> regardless of what some people may think. Oh, you don't pay attention to everything. You're like, really? Because I pay attention to how much you look at me while you're just sitting there looking at your phone doing nothing. But you know what? It's cool. But you know what? I'm not paying attention. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, going out in general. I, I could say going outside. Like... Going outside didn't really seem delightful nowadays. Like, what, what's act, like, tell me, what's actually happening outside? Because when I see videos from the early 2000s of people going to events and stuff, it seems like a whole real feel different energy. Like, genuine, happy to be here. Everyone's just, like, on acid, wherever the environment requires you to be. Nowadays, when everyone goes out, Everyone is just like these soulless, drained beings. And maybe that's a life taking you down. But it'll be people of your age group. It will be people that... It just feels like that they're trying to do the things that sound fun and interesting. But the variable that makes things fun and interesting is you and the people you're involved with. It's not about where you are, it's who you're with that makes an experience or something fun and interesting or something memorable. And we fall into this trap where we rely on, whether it's like restaurants, we rely on uh, theme parks, we rely on events to have a good time more than choosing people or being or making choice to be around people that actually give that good time like you can't just assume that if you go to a bowling alley that everyone is there having a ball bowling like a lot of people just sit there and just fuck around which is fine but you know it's not everyone's there to do what they want to do but at the same time it's like if I go to a bowling alley, I want to be around people that want to bowl. Not like after one game when it's unlimited bowling for two hours and you're like, like, oh, I kind of just want to, I kind of just want to go Caraba. It's like, oh my God. Like, bitch, I paid for you. I, I If I'm paying for two hours and you, you're going to have to bowl in the gutter for two hours straight. I don't care how bad or discouraged. You are bowling in the gutter, all right? And I'm not putting these bumpers up. You're going to learn the bowl in a straight line today. It's not that fucking hard. Um, 
just give it a little bounce, you know, pivot your left knee. Um, <laughs> bowling injuries, highly underrated. I, people, bowling, you know, bowling, the stance of bowling, you know, it really fucks up your leg. Like, if you're bowling every day, weekly, that shit's really a number on your knees. And your back, you know. And your hands. Like, that shit ain't no joke, you know. You get real in your wrists. There's a lot of things. Like, bowling is probably one of the most ticky-tacky injury sports you can have. Um, because it seems like such an innocent place, you know. Especially when they got too much oil on the floor, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know what? Uh, Shea Butter. I just kind of have a, I don't know. It just seems like the outside is not really about being outside. It feels like you find more of what's out there by being inside. And really, when you're outside now, you're more protective like you're inside it's kind of weird how that works, right? That's just how it is, you know. This is my perspective. I'm not right or wrong. Um, I just think the outside kind of has limiting <coughs> factors to what's actually enjoyable out there. Like events don't really feel like events. Having fun doesn't really feel like having fun. It seems like a hassle nowadays. Like all these loops and holes you have to do just to go somewhere. You know, from traffic to wayline to now you have to look a certain way. Now you got to, you know, if you don't take the right pictures, you know, if you don't like try to get a whole experience, did you really have a whole experience, you know? And that pressure, that online pressure can be a real thing for a lot of people. And I'm not asking everyone to live like the way I think. What I am saying is I do think we need to be more present. And, I, and you know, it's kind of interesting because it seems like I get accused of a lot of things that are actually the opposite true of me. I get accused of not being quote-unquote present, which is kind of weird. Um... Because I feel like what's actually being present is not how you look like you're present. Not how you look like you're doing a bunch of things. But actually processing. And actually seeing, actually feeling what you're doing. And not just being up in arms, freaking out. And being like crazy, being present. Because sometimes you can be so over-exuberant, you're not really assessing what's going on. You're just reacting. Being present is not about being reactive. Being present is about being, I guess, proactive, as lack of a better term. But it's weird how, you know, it seems like people that are very actually present in life, people that actually see things more what they are and don't care to really appease people to make things seem or look better than what it really is, And kind of just see things for what they are and don't try to feed into a reactive mob of some sort, a way of thinking. You actually think for yourself. I think that really bothers people. And it makes people that don't think for themselves. It makes people that don't win, that would react very reactionary. And it makes them kind of look at you and... I know this sounds like it doesn't. I'm not saying they want to be like you, but I think it bothers them that they know you don't give a single fuck about what they actually think about you, and they feel that. And every time they try to get a little more out of you, a little more out of you, and then you smack the bitch out of them. Um, <laughs> uh, not yet, but hey, you know what's funny, like. Also, people will take when you're not a violent, quote-unquote, person. But they don't realize that you can be very violent. Like, violence. You, like, someone knows 
when they can be violent. They either have experienced being violent or they know they have that internal rage or drive if a situation calls for itself. And every guy and girl knows when they have it. Um, but sometimes people take advantage of the fact that you're very generous, you're very kind, you let things go, you just kind of, whatever, whatever's happening, it'll be alright, you move past it, but people automatically assume certain traits like, oh, they don't take control of situations, it's like, you realize in real life, I have much more control in my life, I do 85,000 times more things than you have ever done in your life on a daily basis, you know, if you were to get a flat tire, you wouldn't come to work. I made sacrifices that no one, I wouldn't say no one, but no one who's willing to overcome adversity. Most people would just quit their job or just like giving up a life, gone in the drugs, said fuck this shit, you know, instead of grinding through it, doing what you got to do, not bitching and complaining, not taking out other people. And you got motherfuckers questioning your effort and shit. But you know what? Sorry. Sorry. Woo, clank, clank, clank. Um, yeah, they were getting a flat tire. They wouldn't show up to work for like three days. And they want to say, say, oh, well, we just don't know your commitment. Like, you know what? Commit these nuts in your mouth and call it a night. How about that? Even though I don't even think that would be an insult in this case. I'm not going to say why. Um, <laughs> ah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, there's certain, there's certain people that when they know you are more of whatever fill in the blank than they are, um, they have to find ways to level you out. We're talking about checks and balances. You know, they got to find ways to kind of level you out. Find ways to try to bring you, quote, unquote, back down the earth. But when you realize that they left, they've left earth a long time ago with their soul. And you're the only one still here with the genuine one. And it's always people that you feel like lack morals. and Because how someone treats people in certain environments typically is a reflection of their moral character and how they would be outside of work. Right? And so, um, yeah, just saying. So that's the thing. When you feel like someone lacks morals in a lot of things, and then they want to try to critique and criticize and try to do X, Y, and Z, that's when you just kind of literally just like don't give a single shit. And it kind of confirms your beliefs. And when your beliefs are confirmed expoundly about someone, it makes you have a deeper uh contentiousness towards each other because you feel the fact that I don't give a single fuck about you <laughs> like <laughs> like I don't know how else to put it um get the fuck off my lawn um you don't even have a lawn to get the fuck off of so <laughs> yeah you wouldn't even know how to cut your grass bitch um But yeah, I don't know. I guess the moral of all that is is people that don't live outside are actually more in tune with what's going on outside. Because you actually see, you actually observe, you feel the energy, quote unquote. And people that are outside are actually getting their energy sucked out of them. And they are actually more disconnected. Because they are, quote unquote, Doing stuff as a distraction to what is actually in tune of what they feel and what they believe. So, I don't know. There's there's your deep gay thoughts of the day. Um, <laughs> uh, and no, not, you know what, having feelings about how you feel in, intuitively isn't necessarily questionable on the surface. But, you know. It makes me dislike myself for a few seconds. And then I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. You can't be, you know, one way all day. Um, you can go one way all day. <laughs> That's what you're into. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, you know. 
uh, I don't know. Inside, outside, outside, in. If you would stop bitching, you would finally see what you have within. Damn, that's actually kind of, actually kind of makes sense. That's the, but you know what? That's just the world we live in. That's why, you know, it's like people that complain to have the most entitlement are the ones that go out the most. Like, coming across this video, and this isn't a new type of video, but this guy took his girlfriend out to eat at a pretty fancy restaurant, right? And took his girlfriend and her friend. Like, those were the main ones. And then all of a sudden, like, you know how these things go on a girlfriend. Oh, last minute, she wants to bring three or four other, you know. And it's always three or four other people that you know ain't shit and they are there because they hear oh it's a free meal it's a birthday right and this man was just like i'm not paying because you know what not only did they but one of them got like a hundred and ten dollar dish it's like you don't even have a hundred ten dollars in your bank account you have the audacity to order something that's not even in your bank account and i think that's the thing it's not about being cheap is simply about the inconsideration of people just like looking at you as a guy or as anyone with means and taking advantage of that companionship, taking advantage of a connection with a friend of yours as when it was never like, unless the people say, hey, I've got everything covered. You guys want to come along. But you should never go somewhere assuming that someone's going to pay for you. Unless it's like your husband um, or even your parents, I guess, depending on your, like, you know. But you should but you should always just be ready to pay for your own. At the very least, always be ready to pay for your own. But this weird thing, and it causes whole, like, t- and this stuff happens all the time. Families. And it's one thing, fam. Like families, like that can have a little bit more like iffiness because whatever. But like, I'm sorry, like I'm not paying for your ugly friends. Like, like your friends are over here trying to get a free dinner for a reason. No one wants to pay for their ass. You know what? There's nine of the desperate men over there that she could have tried to finagle, try to pretend to like to get some free drinks. Would have paid. She would just had to go back and suck the guy's dick for three minutes before he came in his hotel room. And you know what? She wasn't willing to do that. And if you aren't willing to do that to get a nice meal, then you know what? You deserve what's out there for you. It's really that simple. I don't know no one's hear that. It's not about, oh, money is an exchange for sex. Obviously, that's an extreme, kind of halfway joking. But at the same time... um. Things don't, there's always an exchange when it comes to people that you haven't built a bond or relationship with. And that's not even your boyfriend. And honestly, if my girlfriend at any point in my life would ever tell me that we did not agree to beforehand, that I did not invite myself or say, hey, I got this covered, come out tonight. If they brought some friends last minute, anyone last minute that wasn't their family like their mother their sister and stuff like that they just brought some random ass friends that i know they barely even know anyways who make more money than all of us and it's not even about that honestly but you know any like and they would get mad at me for not paying for their friend when i didn't invite them and just assume especially depend on the restaurant type of thing it doesn't matter if I'm making what I make now or if I'm making 500k a year. It is the principle behind it. Because it's kind of inconsiderate. It really is. And it's about what's right and wrong. It's not about... And they didn't even say thank you. It's the mannerisms. Like, anyone that would just force you and then try to guilt you into paying for something or someone, that, that says a lot about them. To be honest, you know, and those videos really is like, and you know, you know, people probably say like, oh, that's some, that's just some, uh, broke boy talk. It's like, 
No, that's a, if you think because you have some, that is not like, oh, I have money and that's just broke boy talk. Like that's actually like you have just lost any thought for yourself in more cases than not. And you're actually the one being taken advantage of because you have no spine on your back. But I'll tell you what, you know what is the beauty about not having much money yet is that it actually makes you force yourself to actually have standards and values and not just let money take care of shit. Because money can protect, money can guard a lot of lack of integrity and it can mask the fact that, oh, they take care of things. They take care of people and all this stuff. It's like, you know, anyone, you know, anyone when given, when they have the resources could just throw resources and not look a second after they do it and just go about their day and not give a fuck about you. But situations that create integrity, that create uh, actual learning opportunities and actually like actually may help the person develop and actually make them look at life like in this non-entitled way in those instances like you should never expect anyone in general to just pay for something right that that's the crazy part and it's not about man and woman thing it's genuinely like who like who are you thinking you could walk around the world and really just think like someone is entitled to pay for you and take care of you like that's a that's a privilege it's a it's a luxury in life. Like, no one has to do anything for you. And so then invite your bum-ass friends <laughs> and get these exorbitant dishes. Didn't even convert. You really just thought you should. You didn't even ask, like, hey, like, just so I know. Like, there was no. Because chances are, let's be honest. If you've done that simple, like, this is how weird us guys are. It is not that we aren't willing to pay for these extra. If you were just ask and show that, like, hey, like, I know, like, just be aware. And chances are, 80, 89% of the time, they'll probably be like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got it. Because it's just the fact that you asked and you were considerate and didn't assume and you weren't entitled. That dude probably would have been like, if you all been like, hey, you know, we just want to make sure X, Y, and Z before we order anything. He probably would have paid. He probably would have. And no questions asked. But it's the fact that people don't ask. They just assume. They really just thought they could tag along. Not like, hey, we know we tagged along last minute. It's last. We just want to make sure, like, everyone's on the same page of, what, like, what's cool. That would have probably gone a long way. And at the very least, you would have avoided a very unnecessary, stressful situation. But, I know. That's too much reason. Too much logic. Um... And the fact that there are people that will sit there and actually try to look at you and be like, oh, uh, no, you're actually just being late. All right. And that's one of those never ending things. 50 years from 100 years, it's always going to be this divisive thing. But yeah, I don't know. I guess the moral of today's pod is uh, don't be a sex offender and um, pay your own shit. And uh I forgot what else I talked about. Oh, yeah. Being outside doesn't mean you're outside. Being inside is where you find more of what you want to do outside. Uh, Catch me outside. Um, (laughs) uh, But, yeah. I think I'll end it there. All right. This one was a little rough to get through, but it had some bright spots. I'm pretty honest. It had some bright spots, but it had some lols. And I don't mean LOLs. <laughs> but yeah, that was episode 249 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. Jesus, I'm getting a headache. I have not eaten anything. That was episode 249 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and flash me from the audience. Yeah, those are going to be nice when I do those live shows. It's going to be a me up here, hopefully with a better microphone. Hopefully not with a <coughs> camera setup. Hopefully with actual producer, with like real, you know, doing interviews. Maybe having 
Maybe having a co-host one day. That'll probably be a different pod. I will always keep this pod sanctuary to myself. If I were to ever be like one of those people that have like... By the way, has anyone ever had like three plus podcasts and people actually like any one of them? Like I know there's certain... Like Brendan Schaub has like... Was part of three, four, five for a different time. Brian Callen does like the four, three or four different ones. Like, over time, it's like, at the end of the day, just do one. Maybe two if it's, like, something completely different. But I think, like, more than one. Like, you should have one that's, like, okay, this is, like, the one. And then, like, have another one if it's, like, with a family, like, a friend or something. But it's just maybe just something you're doing with someone that you enjoy. But, you know, it may not be, like, marketable or big or something. Really, you should just do, like, one. If you're really, like, giving a shit about what you're doing. One's more than enough. Um, but yeah. All right, guys. Have a great day and evening, afternoon, and whatever, you know, whatever the Greek god is that day. Athena. All right. Oh, Jesus. Oh, titties getting bigger by the day.